Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. On today's episode, we'll be looking at Once Upon a Time, Season 1, Episode 9, True North. This episode is written by David H. Goodman and Liz Tiglar, and directed by Dean White. It premiered January 15th, 2012, and had a viewership of 9.83 million. A brief synopsis, Emma tries to save two children from foster care by trying to find their birth father, as flashbacks show the evil queen coercing Hansel and Gretel into stealing an important artifact from a blind witch. So I'm going to start off here by saying that uh, this chapter is, this episode is not in the book, so... Mm. No book stuff for this episode. Well, Makes sense. This is a little bit of a one-off. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to the Jiminy Cricket episode. Yeah. And we begin with the title card sequence of the gingerbread house. So if you know anything about fairy tales, you kind of know what we're getting into. In Storybrooke's Dark Star Pharmacy, Henry is reading a comic book, which I noted was specifically Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine. A girl comes up and asks him what he is reading and introduces herself as Ava. Ava and her brother Nicholas invite him to hang out with them. Before the trio can leave, Mr. Clark confronts them and accuses Henry of stealing from his store. Henry denies the accusation, so the older man grabs him and opens Henry's backpack to reveal stolen goods inside. Mr. Clark expresses verbal disappointment at Henry's behavior, not only stealing but lying about it. And not recognizing the other two children, Mr. Clark asks them who they are. Uh, my only note about this is that Henry is accused of, a ste- of stealing an Apollo candy bar. And Apollo candy bars, as we know, are from Lost. So is it that he said to ask who they are? Because I could have sworn he says, who do you think you are? Like in regards uh, to the kids, like talking about stealing and stuff. Like yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought which it I think would... is much more interesting in that case because mm. of the implications of everybody. No, you're right. I thought I thought it was who are you, but I, I might have been wrong with that. Also, it's clearly revealed to the audience that Mr. Clark is sneezy. Yep. Based on his size and his sneezing factor. Also, I'm curious about the name Dark Star Pharmacy. That's a broody little name there. Yeah, that that's that's from the wiki. And at first, it's funny, too, because Mr. Clark is wearing, you know, the white overcoat of a pharmacist. And I was like, oh, when I was getting the wiki, like the summary from there, and he's and it said Mr. Clark. I'm like, wait, wouldn't he be Dr. Clark? But then I was like, wait, no, pharmacists aren't doctors. <laughs> Never mind. <sighs> Meanwhile, in the Enchanted Forest, a woodcutter is chopping down trees. His daughter, Gretel, steps out from behind a stump and asks him if she can have an axe to help out. The woodcutter sends Gretel to get her brother Hansel to collect some kindling. Before they leave to complete the task, the woodcutter gives Gretel a compass to keep them from getting lost. Together, the two children collect the kindling in the forest and head back to their father. Upon their return, he is nowhere to be seen. Hearing the sound of a man's groan, they run in that direction, but instead stumble upon two men on horseback. Hansel and Gretel are grabbed by them and pushed towards the evil queen's carriage. My only note on this scene was Regina, dat hat, though. Oh, the entire outfit is, like, yeah, so extra and wonderful. I love her outfit here. Mm. It was was next level. I like in this episode, too, I didn't write this down, but not only here with 
Gretel asking to help cut down the trees, but she is a the character of action in this episode. Like she she does all the driving plots between her and her brother. Uh, her brother is just kind of this doting little child, even though they're supposed to be twins, like the same age. So which they don't even look like twins. No, like, she... I didn't even realize they were supposed to be twins until like somebody calls them twins at some mm. point, and I'm like twins. Twins. Yeah. They're yeah. clearly not the same age. No, she's taller than him, but girls do age earlier than boys at that age and stuff. So I think they just went with that at some point as like just the way to go for it to make sense of why he wouldn't be in their lives and neither one of them would remember him because they were twins mm. instead of like one having because, because yeah, because I don't think like logically it makes sense that they're twins, but mm. I, I think the reason they're twins in Storybrooke specifically is because of the curse and how yeah. it has to make sense for why the dad wasn't around. This this is a very interesting episode with the curse in regards to what it allows people to remember and not remember. But back in Storybrooke, Mr. Clark informs Regina that Henry was shoplifting. Doubtful, Regina responds that her son would never do anything like that and leaves the store with Henry. Emma arrives and questions Ava and Nicholas. Ava claims that their home number previously given to Mr. Clark doesn't work because the bill hasn't been paid yet. She begs Emma not to arrest them as it'll only make things worse for their parents. What I find so interesting is that anybody would think Henry would steal any of that stuff anyway. It's all like toiletries and candy. Yeah. Like Henry is the mayor's son. If Henry wants something, he can have it. Regina will get it for him. Give me a break. Yeah, that's true. But kleptomaniacs. I guess. Yeah. In the Enchanted Forest, the evil queen confronts Hansel and Gretel on why they were on her road. They explain the disappearance of their father and are actively searching for him. The evil queen orders her guards to seize the children. But before they do anything, Gretel throws Hansel's bolus at them. She and Hansel attempt to run away, but the evil queen uses her magic to fling them to the ground. She promises to assist them in their hunt for their father if they agree to help her out. Back in Storybrooke, Emma drives Ava and Nicholas to their house. On Ava's insistence, she allows them to get out themselves. However, once Emma's car turns the corner, they run to an abandoned building next door. Ava begins to empty the bag full of items that Emma bought for them. When they hear a noise upstairs, they go to investigate and run into Emma. She asks them why they lied when they told her that everything was okay at home. She brings Ava and Nicholas to Mary Margaret's loft and feeds them. She talks with Mary Margaret about not wanting to put them in the foster care system. Emma stresses the fact that once they are in it, she has no way of helping them. Ava overhears the conversation and begs her not to send them away. And here we see the almost literal black and white difference between Emma and Regina. Uh, Emma just wants to help these kids, but Regina wants something from them with the promise that she'll help them afterwards. Yeah, I think this is interesting just from like the fact that like nobody, we learn here that nobody remembers these kids' parents at all. Nobody mm-hmm. remembers that their mother died. You know, Emma asked Mary Margaret about like the kids at school and they're like, yeah, their their mother died, but Nobody remembers that that happened. Like, Mm. we kind of see here that the curse is, whatever the curse filled in here, it did not do a good job of making a backstory for what happened here because nobody knows what went on. Yeah, and when we get to their father, well, 
I'll just, uh, I'll say right now, it's interesting that the curse gave them memories of a mother, but not their father. Whereas in the, the Enchanted Forest, we don't see their mother, but we see their father. In Storybrooke, they grew up having a mother, but not knowing who their father was. And it's possible that in the Enchanted Forest, they grew up knowing their father, but not having a mother. You know. Well, also, I think that's just a assumption of the curse when you know Regina was very angry at them at the end of the episode and basically split family up like you'd think in her version of the curse if she has any say in what exactly happens I feel like she really doesn't but if she does have a say in what happens why would she want these people back together why would she want them back with their brother that's the whole thing that she's against by the end of this episode that's that's my note at the end that um Regina can really hold a grudge against children uh, she holds it against Snow for Snow's entire life, and she holds it against these kids. So moving along, Emma goes to an office to view the birth certificates of Ava and Nicholas. A man who most people call Mr. K asks her to fill out some forms first. Mr. K walks over to the filing cabinet to look for the files, but he cannot find them. He tells Emma they were recently checked out by someone else. Emma asks who and is directed to Regina. Regina informs Emma that she has already contacted social services. She also tells Emma that there is no record of their father, so the two of them need help. Regina is sending them to two separate homes, much to Emma's dismay. And my note here is, who is Mr. K? I don't remember him. I I don't even think we ever see him again after Mm. this. Like, this is definitely a one-off character. But also, Emma wearing a dark brown leather jacket here. As she was in the last episode a little bit too. So I feel like she's kind of given off those Sheriff Graham brown leather jacket vibes. Yeah. Because before this, they were all red and blue. That's, but I even I, think, I think they do say at some point that the first kind of season they were playing around with the colors of her jacket and kind of stuck with the red once they hmm. realized that that was kind of what Jennifer Morrison looks good in and yeah. what the character really, what fit the character's role for the most part. Yeah. And in my note, one of my notes in a previous episode, the red jacket was supposed to emulate uh, Charming's red uh, shirt or vest or whatever it was that he wore in the Enchanted Forest as well. Speaking of the Enchanted Forest, the evil queen is leading Hansel and Gretel to the home of the blind witch. She tells them that the blind witch has something that belongs to her and that she wants it back. Gretel asks why she can't go get it herself, and the evil queen replies by telling her that there is a spell that prevents adults from going into the blind witch's house. She tells Hansel and Gretel that the house is unique, and no matter how much they are tempted, they should not eat anything. She then steps back to reveal that the house is made of sweet treats. So it's not that the the spells only work on adults. It's that she specifically says that spells don't work on children. Hmm. Which has further, which has bigger implications when you say that spells don't work on children because children. Yeah. And that's implying that all spells mostly don't work on children. Yeah. Was the way she kind of like worded that. Well, which I don't think is true because we definitely see spells on children at some point. So that's, I'm, I'm running through my head real quickly to think about when other characters fell under spells. But, you know, there's at least two characters that two curses don't affect and they're both children one of them being henry and the other one being much later in season seven um but yeah we we see 
Well, now, now you got me questioning because maybe when you become a- But a curse is different than a spell, like- Oh, yes, that's true. Mm, so you have to think about it that way too. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Just something to think about, maybe look out for if we see spells going on with children. Yeah, something to pay attention to. Emma is at the Storybrooke Sheriff Department looking at some papers when Henry walks in and tells her he knows who Ava and Nicholas are. He says that they are Hansel and Gretel. Emma asks if there's anything in there about her, their father, and Henry says that he abandoned them. Henry then asks Emma to tell him about his father. She tells him that she met him while she was working at a 24-hour diner, that he used to come in every night and complain that they didn't serve any pumpkin pie. Emma also tells Henry that he died saving a family in a burning apartment building. Henry asks Emma if there's anything that she has that belonged to his father, and she says no. She then leaves the sheriff department telling Henry that she may know how to find Ava and Nicholas's dad. And then my note here is, do we want to say anything about Henry's father on stuff that Emma might have that's his? Or the yellow bug itself. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, moving along, Emma goes back to Mary Margaret's apartment and takes out a box and shows Ava and Nicholas her baby blanket. She tells them that is the one thing that she has left from her parents and then asks if they have anything from their parents. Ava gives Emma the compass that her father gave her before the curse hit. And here in my notes, I have that it was interesting that the curse gave them memories of a mother who is dead in the enchanted forest, but took away any knowing of who their father was. Moving along, back in the enchanted forest, Hansel and Gretel climb into the blind witch's house through a window. Inside, the blind witch is sleeping, and Gretel spots the satchel that holds the evil queen's belonging. As she goes to get it, Hansel sneaks a bite from a cupcake. Suddenly, the blind witch wakes up, and Hansel and Gretel try to escape, but the doors and windows slam shut. And again, like in my opinion, in this episode, Gretel is so much better than Hansel. Like Hansel had one job: don't eat anything, and he literally couldn't do that. Though you can't—it's spooky when the witch just opens her eyes, pretty much is like, "I'm awake." Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I mean, this is a great scene. Also, I don't know the actress's name, but she's great as the blind witch. Like. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, when I was watching it at first, uh, I, I forget the actress's name as well, but I thought it was the actress who played uh, Maleficent because I was like, oh, it's her. And I was like, oh, wait, no, no, no. It's a different actress because it's a different character. But they do look similar. They do. Yeah. Emma enters Mr. Gold's pawn shop and asks him if he knows anything about the compass that Ava gave her. He said someone bought it at his shop, and Emma asks him who. Mr. Gold says he doesn't remember, but pulls out an index card of some files and tells Emma the name of the man who bought the compass. And as Emma leaves, the camera turns around and shows the note card that he was reading from was actually blank. It's so interesting because I feel like these are definitely things that are trying to get us to know the fact that he is in fact awake oh, right yeah. now like of course he remembers everything because he knows exactly what's going on mm -hmm. oh definitely or it was written in invisible ink that only he can read <laughs> also <laughs> well, true yeah no 
Emma goes to Michael Tillman's garage and shows him Ava and Nicholas's files. He says that it is not possible that they are his children, but Emma continues to tell him that they are his children. She pulls out the compass that Ava gave her and shows it to Michael, and he admits that it's his, but gives it back to Emma and tells her he doesn't know anything about being a father. Here I have a trivia note that the events in this episode take place one month after Emma's arrival in Storybrooke. She states that to Michael. The curse gave Michael memories of being with Ava and Nicholas's mother. Whose name is Dory, by the way. Oh. It says Dory. So nice Finding Nemo reference there. (laughs) That's, that's, yeah. And then Emma uh, saying to Michael that, she doesn't have her kid because she doesn't have a choice in the matter. And then she also says to him, someday you're going to have to answer to them. And I was wondering if this was Emma addressing her own issues about her own parents. Maybe. I mean, we do see a lot of that in season two, though, of her dealing with that. So Emma calls Mary Margaret and tells her to meet her outside. Emma reveals to Mary Margaret that Michael does not want Ava and Nicholas and that she doesn't want to tell them. Mary Margaret says that she should, but Emma replies by saying that she doesn't want them to know that she gave them false hope. Emma also tells Mary Margaret that she lied to Henry about his dad being a hero. Regina walks up to Emma and tells her that she needs to drive Ava and Nicholas to Boston. Back in the Enchanted Forest, the blind witch locks Hansel and Gretel in a cage and declares that she'll be having them for dinner. The blind witch takes Gretel out of the cage to cook her And Gretel steals the key to the cage from her and throws them to her brother. Hansel lets himself out and the siblings work to push the witch into the oven. They grab the evil queen's belongings and dash out of the gingerbread house. As they flee, the evil queen, watching through her mirror, launches a fireball through it and sets the blind witch aflame. You know, Uh, we discussed that Regina is very powerful this season. mm -hmm. And like we see her power even in the Enchanted Forge, which is something we don't see in later seasons as much. Tell me how powerful this is. The woman launched a fireball through a mirror. Well, it's funny because Regina in this episode reminded me very much of another character that we haven't met yet, so I won't name her, but her behavior was very similar. Regina's behavior was very similar to this character who we'll meet later on. And that character also involves things going through mirrors magically. I think you're picking up who I'm putting yeah, down. I'm yeah, picking, I, yeah, I'm picking it up. Yeah. yeah. Hansel. Also, I love Regina's quip about I would have gone with gravy. Oh, yeah. Because she was calling the kids butter or gravy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my note here is Hansel tripping like this kid. Like I just had it with them at this point. Like, anyway, moving on. Hansel and Gretel go to the evil queen's palace and give the evil queen her satchel, who reaches in and pulls out the poisoned apple. The queen tells the children that they deserve better than a father who would abandon them in the forest and offers to allow them to live in her castle. Gretel tells her that they would never want to live with someone as terrible as her, and the evil queen sends them off using magic. And I wrote Regina's motivation to send the children to Boston. She really can hold a grudge against children, can't she? Oh, she definitely can. But also, Hansel definitely wanted to take the deal there. He was like, I get to live in the castle. Yeah. Damn, let me live in the castle. Yeah. 
one of the many reasons I was just sick of this kid. Greta was like, no, mm-hmm. we won't stand by you. But Hansel was all ready to go for it. He was like, what What we're saying? We're saying no. Oh, okay, we're saying no. <laughs> yeah. Back in Storybrooke, Ava and Nicholas climb into the back of Emma's police car and Emma slams the door shut. Henry runs up to her and tells her that she cannot take them because something bad will happen if they leave Storybrooke. But Emma drives away anyway, ignoring Henry's wishes. Emma drives to the town line, and right before she crosses the engine stalls, she calls for help. Back in the Enchanted Forest, the Evil Queen is watching Snow White through her magic mirror. When her royal guards bring in a prisoner, the woodcutter is led into the room, and he demands to be released. The Evil Queen tells him that she told his children that he abandoned them. She asks him why they denied her when she offered them to let them live in the palace, and he tells her that family will always find one another. The evil queen releases the woodcutter and tells him that he can be with his children and be a family as soon as they all find each other. I liked the evil queen's line here of saying when she was watching Snow White, now she's working with dwarves. When did that happen? She actually says cavorting with dwarves, Uh, which is even more funny. Okay, yeah. (laughs) And then... My note here is about the character that Regina reminded me of, but we're not going to mention that character yet. I love that she clearly took this dad because she's probably done this to multiple children, just taking mm-hmm. parents and like getting children off the road to get into the witch's house. Yeah. It's, because, it's, you know, she does say that she sent multiple children in there. This is the first time that he's come out alive. Regina's hatred for children one's deep, which is crazy that she wanted to adopt Henry, of all things. Well, that was a selfish decision, as we, because she thinks it will complete her. Yeah. You know, but it all worked out in the end, I guess. At the town line, Michael Tillman arrives to help Emma with her car. The children's compass begins to move. Emma tells him that she wanted him to see the children before they went off to Boston. She tells him that she does not need to take them to Boston, if he will accept them as his children. And he says that she doesn't have to take them. So what's interesting about this, right, is the car apparently stalls earlier on. But here she goes, yeah, the car's fine. It's like, okay, but was the car stalling a lie then that she portrayed to get him to come here? Or is the car actually stall out because they were trying to leave Storybrooke because oh like well because it did do it at the town line which tends to be where things happen when people are trying to leave storybrook yeah because again these kids can't leave and go to the foster care system into boston it's not like when henry left and henry would have had to come back right it was henry's explanation for why he could leave these kids wouldn't be coming back yeah theoretically they'd be going into the system so could they they would not be able to leave within the confines of the curse because they wouldn't be coming right back you know, that's several interesting questions. I had never considered that as they were approaching the town line, the engine stalled. I always just thought that Emma faked it, even though like it, the car makes the sound effect and everything yeah. like that. But yeah, it could be that the, the car stalled because they were going to leave. Because and, the implication is that Henry was right, that right. something wrong and bad was going to happen. Well, as we know, Henry is always right. Yeah, that's pretty factual, actually. You, you just made me think of something I never thought of before with regards to Henry leaving town or leaving Storybrooke. Like, he actually should be the only one to be able to leave Storybrooke. 
like Emma should not be able because she's a character from the Enchanted Forest. I know she went through the portal and everything like that, but she was born in the Enchanted Forest. Henry's the only one that's been born outside of the Enchanted Forest. He well, should. Henry kind of Henry kind of explains that as Emma's the savior, so she mm, the rules don't apply. The rules don't apply to her because mm. she's the savior, so she could do whatever she wants. Mm. But Henry should be able to leave too, and I think later on he is, like when later curses occur. I think he's I one mean, of the few. I mean, he definitely he definitely leaves at other points, but he also comes back, mm. which is kind of the point. Is mm. does come back? Has to come back. He's a kid. Henry will come back. He will always come back. <laughs> so Emma goes to Mary Margaret's apartment and tells her that Michael changed his mind about taking them in. Emma wonders what it would be like to find her parents, and Mary Margaret says maybe she will. Emma tells Mary Margaret that Henry thinks she is Emma's mother. Emma gets up and goes outside. Mary Margaret follows her to the door, noticing Emma's baby blanket along the way. She picks it up, smells it, and then puts it back in the box and walks off. My note here is Mary Margaret asks Emma if she'll be back for dinner. Emma says no, and Mary Margaret says that she will have leftovers, like a good mom would. Also, what's interesting is like Emma says she needs to give up on finding her parents because they've made it too hard to find them. Mm. And when Mary Margaret kind of tries to defend that, she's like, well, it would have to be some kind of crazy theory if I can't find them. And that's when she tells Mary Margaret about Henry because she's like, yeah, there's like, it's got to be something crazy, like Henry's idea. Like, yeah. Emma is looking at some files in her car when Henry walks up to her with some pumpkin pie. Emma is about to tell Henry that she lied to him about his father's identity, but decides not to. A motorcycle rumbles around the corner and stops in front of Emma and Henry. A stranger gets off and asks Emma if there is a place he can stay for the night. Emma directs him to Granny's bed and breakfast, and he drives off again, not giving Emma his name when she asked for it. Emma tells Henry that he said strangers never come to town, and Henry says they do not. And I just wanted to ask you, do you remember what your thoughts were when this originally aired? No, because mm. I don't, there was really no allusion to this when you think about it, of yeah. like what this could be, who this could be, what's going on here. Yeah. If anything, I might've thought it was like Henry's dad because right. like they were just trying to talk about Henry's dad. Like, yeah, it would make sense, but like, surely and, emma doesn't have that good of a poker face yeah and would be like oh my god like would recognize him and August, he would rec- what are you doing yeah, here and, and he would recognize her and you know but yeah there it seemed like they did try to somewhat imply that this would be henry's dad because like earlier in the episode she says to mary margaret that he wasn't a good guy and then here comes this bad boy on his motorcycle i, re- I remember even at the time thinking like well clearly it's not henry's dad because she would know and he would recognize her. The only thing I have left is some production notes and it was just a mistake. There was a press release that wrongly credited Quinn Lord as Joseph instead of Nicholas, the Hansel character. Interesting. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to discuss? Uh, I forgot to mention something earlier in the uh, Mary Margaret and Emma telling, Emma telling Mary Margaret that uh, she's her mother. And Mary mm. Margaret grabs Emma's chin. Is like you do kind of have my chin. Yeah, they do, and and they actually do have kind of similar chins. The only thing about that scene, 
for me was when she sniffs Emma's blanket and like she kind of like shakes her head afterwards. Like I was like, you know, smell, like the sense of smell is the strongest memory glands that you have. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, did she temporarily be like, oh, my baby? Like, and then be like, nope, 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 not my baby. I don't know. This episode's very odd in terms of like memories, being Mm. awake, the curse Mm. overall, Mm. how magic works. It's, It's very odd. I agree. That concludes this week's episode of the Once Again Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to either our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at onceagainpod. If you are feeling generous and would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. Also, a like and a share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day.